Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects Podcast. I'm Chris Goosen, I'm in Australia, and I'm joined today by Nicholas Blank. Hello, I'm here in Cape Town. Warren DeToy. I'm here in Johannesburg, and it is freezing. And you know what? We, we, this is a cool episode today because we have only two time zones to worry about, which is, you know, which makes it great. Uh, end of the work week for us. Um, joined by our guest, and I'm sure a lot of folks will know uh, the, the Twitter name, right? You see Mad Scientist. I'm, I'm sure there's a ton <laughs> of people that have kind of followed your exploits over time. But uh, James, welcome to the show. And um, for those people who don't know you, do you want to, uh, do you mind giving a quick introduction of who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, so yes, another Australian here, but I'm from the the better not capital city, which is Melbourne. Uh, and uh, yeah, so my name's James. Uh, I've been working in the UCNC field for 15 odd years now. Um, I, you know, I started out as a young sprout doing exchange installs and, and moved on from there and into Link and Skype for Business and, and now looking after Microsoft Teams deployments with both uh, you know, telephony and meeting rooms and, and that sort. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically what I've been doing outside of work. I'm, I'm a dad of four kids. So um, if you hear anyone running around in the background, that's that's that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a pretty, pretty busy guy. I, yes, it seems that it seems that way. And, and I think, you know, th that's really the theme of the episode, right? Is, is let's like, let's look at teams. Let's talk about a little bit about teams and kind of where teams is today, right? Where we find ourselves. Cause I think we've seen this like ridiculous takeoff of teams in the last couple of years with work from home and, and stuff like that. And, and I forget the exact numbers, but I think it's something like over 300 million, uh, um, you know, monthly active seats this, at this point. Um, we're seeing a lot, uh, I'm curious because I'm not really spending a lot of time working in the team space at the moment. So curious about what, you know, customers are doing with teams. How are they using it? Are we seeing an uptake in telephony? Um, and then, you know, anyone who follows you knows that you you tend to kind of go a little bit out of the box for things. And uh, your blog is super entertaining to read when you when you look at you know things like like running Doom or, or Duke Nukem on a, on an SBC and you know setting fire to a to a, to a handset. So um, you know, I'm sure we'll get to the mad scientist part of things in a, in a little bit. But you know, uh, what sort of projects you've been working on? What are you what are you seeing in general with with you know customers? What's hot in the team space right now? Well, look. Uh, to, to be honest, I'm I'm a bit biased. Uh, so I uh, I work for a, a very large carrier here in Australia. Um, so if you don't know, they're Telstra. Um, and so I'm doing lots of telephony. That's that's basically all I do these days is telephony and uh, and meetings. Uh, so I'm very into that communication space. But we are seeing a fair bit of natural adoption of Teams without you know consultants like myself or uh, external partners coming in, where people are sort of they've got Teams. It's enabled they start to spread their wings because obviously everything's online by default. And then they go, okay, cool. Teams can do some of this. And then they engage a partner. I want an app that does this, or I want to do telephony, or I want uh, to integrate this with our, our SharePoint. So I've seen some, some rather cool integrations with SharePoint that are making uh, teams a lot more powerful for that particular business because it's so customizable, but also, yeah, I've seen a lot of com um, competition against, you know, Zoom 8x8s, um, all the other hosted PBX providers where, um, you know, people are ripping out their, their legacy box on the wall PBX and going to, to Microsoft Teams because they don't have to worry about about anything um, in that regard. I've, I've had clients that have, you know, they've been kicked out of buildings because of, um, 
chemical scares and stuff like that, they've not had to worry because their phones just keep functioning, even even if the power's turned off everything, because it's all in 0365. So that's that's keeping them really happy and really engaged in that sort of that space is that ability to uh, pardon the expression, you know, to just pay your Office 365 invoice and phones work. Um, I'm I'm quite renowned for saying, um, you know, email can stop working for five minutes and, and not much will happen, but if phones stop working for five minutes, you'll know about it. And, um, you know, with this push from um, decentralizing everything and, and pushing it into the cloud, Teams has obviously really been designed from, from that ground up to handle calling. And it's also... I suppose it's changed the way that people think about calls. Like um, in, in a telephony sense, I'm pretty old. I still think about phone numbers and, and things like that. But a lot of people don't think about phones like that anymore. Um, they just want to speak to someone. So they punch their name into whatever app, whether it be Teams or Facebook Messenger or whatever, you know, and, and iMessage and make a call. So that paradigm shift away from, from a telephone number, and that's my number, to... Um, just being able to reach out to someone on whatever platform and expect that they'll answer. That's what, you know, that's what we're seeing a lot of these days. Um, and that's why you'll see things like Teams is now included in Windows 11 because you should just be able to reach someone by just knowing them. You shouldn't have to know some magic number, right? So I feel like that's a really interesting point. I mean, are we seeing, you know, tra traditionally, and I, and I spent a lot of my formative years in the in the sort of telco space as well right my dad um just retired this year but uh until he, he retired he was you know he spent his entire career in, in the telco world so pbx systems and you know data wiring and stuff is something that i grew up with right and yeah. you always had this sense of well for one you know it was way back different back then because when you moved offices you needed to call a tech to come in and reprogram your extension so that you know it could follow your you to your new office now we don't have that problem anymore but We've always had this kind of concept of like when you call a number or you call a business, you get to a switchboard operator who then directs your call. Are we seeing, is that paradigm also changing? Are we seeing like people or businesses talk, moving away from that now to more of a direct contact model? Um, I mean, look, there's still, um, there's still a lot of contact center stuff around. There's still a lot of switchboard stuff around. Um, and the, the Microsoft Teams market has been a little slow to catch up to where we were in Skype for Business in, in regards to that. There are there's offerings from, um, for example, uh, Landis Computers. Landis, so, um, yep. Landis was a was an ex MVP. Um, he he's come out with a solution for Teams that lets you have a, an operator solution. Um, but if you've you've only got a couple of seats, then the stuff that's built in is fantastic. Otherwise, you can bolt in Azure Communication Services now. Uh, and you can have AI-driven stuff. I've seen, I've seen really cool concepts, and, and this was again, this was Matt. You know, where someone calls a switchboard and says, "Hi, I want to call. I want to speak to Chris Goosen." And straight away, the operator is on the phone, and the the application has already brought up what it thinks the contacts that that person wants to transfer to, because it's used voice recognition and AI, um, natural language speaking through Azure. Oh to to bring to surface that to the operator and the operator goes yeah cool i'll put you through click they haven't had to search for anything they haven't had to do anything and it, but it removes that you know automated ovr thing where it's i'd like to speak to chris goosen and it was like i heard yeah. chris goosen <laughs> you've still yes. got that human touch but that's just sped up with ai um and and that, that stuff's really exciting to me uh, people are worried that you know we're going to replace everything and, and I feel that's not the case I feel that we're just going to enhance things 
make people more efficient at what they do or better at what they do so they can do other things that they should be doing that, that you know aren't automatic aren't replaceable but it's been a bumpy road though like if we have to think of teams what three four years ago like somewhere around there um where direct routing <laughs> i don't want to offend anybody in australia um <laughs> when direct routing sort of like um just sort of came into the market and you i mean you didn't even have media bypass at that point in yes. time it was like new right um so media bypass sort of didn't exist and then you know all the codex and things and i think you know in some ways we have to thank guys like um audio codes and what was the other dudes um they were uh, they're called ribbon now but they used ribbon. to be yeah that's it yeah so and they they, they, they sort of paved the way for it because they worked so closely with, with Microsoft so that they could make the solution work as mm -hmm. best they could. And, you know, like when you had survivable branch appliances from a, you know, Skype for business perspective, I mean, if something went down, things were cool, things carried on routing, routing. But they never, like, and then slowly but surely things started progressing. I mean, you didn't even have an admin panel inside of Teams to manage that um, direct routing component. And then the next thing you sort of did, and a lot of the translation and the regular expressions for which type of SBC supported which numbers and things was all done manually on the SBC. And it took forever. And like now you look at it and it's like, you can, you've got a wizard and there's like a team yeah. wizard and it says, are you doing this? Yes. Are you doing that? No. Are you doing this? Yes. Boom, bang spits out a contract and thanks very much for coming. And then now you've got this whole operator connect side of things, which I'm, which is really cool because now it said, okay, well, if you're in a backwards place like our country in South Africa, where it took 25 years for them to approve Microsoft as a telco, which is still got certain provisions in it, right? You can say, okay, well, in Vodacom, Will you just do an operator connect for me, charge the minutes, and then boom, shakalak, thanks very much for coming. And that's taken a very, very long time to happen. And like people were getting frustrated because they were like, okay, I've got a 10 user org and I would like to use your minutes, but I can't because I'm sitting at the end of the world somewhere here. Mm. So you know, it, it, it has taken some time for that and then the heads the handsets needed to change and then avaya got somewhere in the mix and the integration where they're written all these old java applets and things i mean azure communication services is easy compared to that stuff call centers are now starting to change right um, yeah and it, it has taken it has taken a while but it's actually incredible to see how they've been able to like lift a big fat avaya into the cloud that's pretty cool <laughs> so yeah, but I, and, and no, go ahead. You first. Go ahead. I was going to say, but so are you saying? So Warren, one thing you're saying is it's easier to config this than ever before, right? Yeah. But are, are we seeing um, are, are organizations going to Microsoft and buying their their numbers and their minutes from Microsoft, or are we seeing more of the bring your own whatever you used to have on premises and start direct connecting or direct routing that? I think, it, again, I think it depends on the region. I think it depends on right. the country. Even. Um, I think, you know, like, I don't foresee Microsoft dropping any sort of, like, minute presence in places like Africa or whatever the case would be is. But 
you know, there's a big drive at the moment to bring African countries. I mean, Satya Nadella now thinks that Africa is the next thing, but Africa is going to be the next big ticket. So let's get as many African countries because they're starting to pump, right? If you look at the economies of Kenya and Ghana and those sorts of places, they're starting to pump. But from Microsoft's perspective, there has to be some sort of a return on investment. They're not going to just drop DCs and points of presence just straight away. There has to be all sorts of business cases and things like that. So I think depending on the region is where you'll get those sort of services. So I think like there's a bigger market for operator connect in countries like ours, whereas perhaps maybe in the States, probably not even really. I mean, I don't even think people care. You know, they'll just go to Microsoft, click the buy button and they'll get some minutes. And we have something here in Australia through Telstra, right? Yeah. That, that, that's a little different to everywhere else in the world. Correct. Yeah, so we're one of, uh, Australia and, and Japan are, are one of two, are the only two countries that have their own bespoke solution and, and that's being phased out. So um, Australia, we're moving to Operator Connect as well, even with Telstra. So Operator Connect is available for, for uh, Australia today. Um, Telstra has just finished rolling it out as well for, for their customers, but it's been available with other carriers too. And I think that's the real big thing about Operator Connect is you buy your numbers, you buy your minutes from the carrier and Microsoft doesn't have to be involved. And I think um, I think that's one of the things that, that was the struggle when Microsoft first started uh, rolling out you know, Skype for Business Online and then Teams was that they wanted to be a carrier. And I think it's great, you know, more choices is better. But then um, obviously each country, each region has their own requirements. So like 911 works differently in the States. For example, you dial 911 in your local city in America and you go to a call center in your suburb almost. Yeah. In Australia, we have three call centers that handle most of the country. Uh, Victoria is different because we're special. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's completely different. And I imagine it's different in South Africa and I imagine it's mm. different in all sorts of parts of the world. And suddenly um, Microsoft has to deal with all this red tape and, and you know, legal hold and, and lawful intercept and all these sorts of things that they've never had to worry about before. And that's where Operator Connect came in really beautiful where they're like, look, we'll hand you a connection to our our PBX, you know, well, here's our wire. Um, the the vendor can then just s slide in with their minutes and their numbers mm. and we'll facilitate the connection between the two of you. Great. We'll take a, a clip off the top for our, um, for our user using our PBX service and Microsoft makes their money with very low cost of investment. And it's great for your, for your mum and dad shops. Um, you know, small businesses are massive here in Australia. We're very separate from, from like America and whatnot where, big orgs rule everything um a mum and dad shop with 20 users can can be a national brand and uh and so when you turn around and say well it's going to cost you twenty thousand dollars in sbcs and professional services to get 10 users online they, they balk at you uh, and that's where operator connect is really giving them that option um you know because you don't have to have a, a contract with a massive carrier you don't have to buy a piece of tin that you, you're never going to use for anything else um or you're never going to see the money back on you just, you know, go to your carrier, whichever they are. I obviously can't mention any because I work for one. Um, uh, and, hey, do you support Office 365? Yes, we do. Cool. Go to the portal, click on it. You know, someone will be in touch. Bang, you've got minutes, you've done, you sorted. Yeah. It makes life so much simpler. Uh, it, you know, where the complexity these days comes in is, is like you were saying, dial plans, 
um, the team's admin portal. Um, so Jamie Stark um, at No More Phones on Twitter he used to be extremely big and vocal. He's been in Lincoln Skype for the longest time. Uh, he runs the um, the team's admin portal team now, and he's done so much work behind the scenes to try and get that to be as smooth and as elegant as possible. Uh, there was a refresh to it. I think it was about uh, a month ago, maybe two months ago, for GA people, and it's it's brilliant. Everything is so simple and so easy to configure now. Um, as for for dial plans, uh, um, go to ucdialplans.com. That's that's well and truly done. Any <laughs> dial plan that you need built or anything, um, just get the Hoff to build it for you. Ken Lesko has built a brilliant website. You upload some data. You tell it what part of the world you're in, world what part of the world that your offices are in. It'll build all your dial plans for you. Nice PowerShell script. Bang, just configured. You don't have to worry about it ever again. And that's been going. He's had that going for a while now, since Skype days. Yeah. Right? right, yeah. Yeah, oh, since yeah. Link. So it used to yeah. be called linkdialplans.com. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm well and truly sure I owe Ken more than a couple of beers for using that website. I've, I've been using oh, it. Oh, yeah. I used it a lot as well. Very cool. Yeah, that's the, I, I'm familiar with it. So uh, Greg Sheridan, who I think you 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 know, Greg yeah. and I used to sit next to each other um, uh, at work, and and I know even Greg's you know big big fan of that of that side. I used to see him uh, on there all the time. So we yeah. should eventually just get you know <laughs> go and collect all the debt for for Ken <laughs> when we see him again. Just go here's all your you know six slabs of beer because that's pretty much what he's probably worth to you from just a few uh, of us. Yeah. I make sure to drop him a couple of bucks on the donate link every now and again. I feel if he's saving me, you know, a day of sitting in, in regex101.com, he should probably get something for that. And yeah. uh, I mean, and that, but on that, you know, Teams, Skype and Teams, it's always been that way that the community has yeah. built tools. You know, Greg Sheridan is a perfect example um, yeah. of great tools that have, have were in the Skype days, uh, you know, um, uh, Jeff Shirts and uh, brilliant data on how to configure phones, how to get going. I remember reading that back in the link days, and he's been doing that right up into Teams. Unfortunately, he's uh, he's just recently left Poly, which is a real shame. The real breadth of knowledge that we've, we're going to lose, but, uh, yeah, but you know, the community Poly. provides. Poly, I don't know. Poly's always hurt me. <laughs> I mean, when that whole when that whole change sort of started happening, I mean, like. I don't know if it's still the same because I haven't used one in, in a while, but that subscription service that you had to get for your room systems. Oh, um, there was like well, a, a few. Yeah. So, there's like, there's like a, okay, well we need a relay service with some sort of random address that needs to be added into your address so that your room can dial in because you've got a different, cause you've got a poly room system now that's uh, compatible with teams. And so you need this like bridging service and we're only going to charge you a gazillion dollars a year to use it because you, <laughs> you didn't want to, you, you were like, no, I'm not going to go pay for another room system that is going to work. I would prefer mm -hmm. to like, spread my assets. And they knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, it's also, know the, the, the cost for the room system isn't in the room system itself. It's getting yeah. some, you know, some chum to install it. You know, yeah. having someone hang all the mics and get all the automations yeah. and everything to work when you start a meeting, the blinds close, all that sort of stuff. That that's the investment there. And um, but yeah, Real Connect for Office three six five, the service you're referring to, when that came out, that was a bomb. Um, it was priced ridiculously. It, it was, is. Oh, um, it's terrible. Her, um, Polly APAC is never going to speak to me again. 
but um, yeah, it was priced per um, per seat, and it was it was yes. astronomical. And I think they learned very quickly that that wasn't going to work, and it's now just per concurrent meeting. So if you've got um, you know a couple of pieces of tin, and you know only two of them are concurrently in Teams meetings, then you buy two licenses and you're done. It got mm-hmm. a lot cheaper, especially as other vendors came to the market where they're offering too. Um, you know, and now that MTR supports direct join to, to other vendors, it becomes less and less relevant. And and to be brutally honest, the main reason that the group series, which are the, the polycoms that benefit from this the most, or the trios, couldn't run teams was just the CPU requirements. The group series has been going since, you know, the, the 2010s, 20, maybe 20 late forties. Um, so the, the CPU just didn't have the guts to to compress uh, modern codecs like what Teams uses. Uh, and the same with the Trio. It just didn't have a powerful enough cheap CPU. So they offloaded that to another service. Someone had to pay for that. Yeah. So then can we, can we, I mean, like, can we ask you what your favorite, like, okay, let's talk headsets. I see you've got a shirt on. <laughs> I, don't, friends- I love using my AirPods. <laughs> so what, I see it like, too often. Yeah, when it comes to headsets, okay. Name a couple that you would um, recommend. Because for those, me and Nicola, for those folks who are, are, aren't viewing but listening, let's just read out what it says on the shirt. Yeah. So I've got a T-shirt that says, uh, don't let friends use non-certified devices. Uh, it was actually from a, an ex-Teams uh, MVP, Mark Vale. Yeah, um, but, it's got, but and... it's got AirPods on the top, yes. though. Okay, so let's yes, be yes. clear about the dig. <laughs> how many times, let's let's be brutally honest, how many times have you seen you're you're watching the news, you're watching some sort of podcast, you know, just like this one, <laughs> and some guest joins and you know they've got their AirPods in there and then they've got their twenty thousand dollar office, their bookshelf with more books than they could ever read behind them, and everything's perfect and immaculate, and they've got their AirPods in. <laughs> and it's it's just absolutely atrocious. So, um, look, my my daily drivers, and I'm not being a Polycom shill here, um, my daily drivers are my 8200s. Uh, so these are Polycom 8200s, uh, mainly because they've got the beamforming mics um, on the front. Mm-hmm. So unlike the 6200 that I'm wearing at the moment, um, it moves with your head. So the 6200s had a problem where if you turned your head, no one could hear you. Um Whereas the, the 82s solve that problem. And you, you haven't um, had any issues with replacing the ear cups? On my second pair of uh, ear cups, mm-hmm. um, apparently there is a fix in the works for that. <laughs> but um, look, I have seen something in the pipeline that I can't, okay. I can't really comment on officially. Right. Okay. It will be very cool when it comes out, you know, if it was to come out. Um, they've recently refreshed. So there's uh, the Voyager. There's a the new version of the Voyager, mm. which I have a video shot for. I just haven't edited yet because I hate editing. I love filming stuff. I hate editing. It's like a photographer. It's 20% shooting photos and 80% editing. I despise yeah. it. Um, so, uh, yeah, but um, I do do look at a, a fair few headsets, but I, I do like the 62s because, you know, you, you can be quite spacious. If, if you want... Um, if you're wanting perfect audio quality and you don't mind a cable, um, uh, Jabra have some great stuff now. Mm. And again, if you're looking for audio quality, stay away from cordless, um, especially Bluetooth cordless. Um, there's only so much 
processing power they can stick in the earphone. It's not bandwidth, it's the issue. Um, the more compression the headphone has to do, the faster it goes flat. So they don't they don't use very efficient compression algorithms, um, so they get their long battery life. And but if you if you want you know um, high quality sound, then yeah, a corded corded headset all the way, and just any of the certified corded ones are going to sound a million times better than cordless. Mm. Even though we so, don't like so them. just to just to just to uh, to touch on the earbuds thing, right? I use earbuds <laughs> almost daily on on my. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. when I'm when I'm on Teams, but I also use a Mac though, right? And I feel like that does make the difference. We're so all yeah, three of yeah. us are. If using using earbuds on a Mac, it just works. It's it's the the challenge is when you try and use an Apple device on Windows, it just yeah. doesn't. You know, mm. and, and and you know, I had a a, a, a call just um, a few weeks ago with Jay Gondroto, who we had on the show a, a few episodes ago, um, and we yeah. were just having a, a catch up, and he. He just could not get his earbuds to work, and it was the funniest thing because I said, "Are you using Windows or Mac?" And he was like, "Windows." I'm like, "It's never going to work. Just, just stop." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we rescheduled the call actually because it, it just it, it. I don't know if they, you know. Anyway, um, I do. I mean, I do feel like uh, the earbuds do work much better if you actually are using a Mac. Well, and that's the same with any headset. I mean, um, you buy a headset from from any of the vendors, whether Jabra, Yearlink, um, Poly, any of those sorts of things. They will include this, mm. one of these uh-huh. that's bespoke to them. Use it. Mm. Yes. That's it's in the box for a reason mm. um, because it'll manage the Bluetooth connection for you. Yep. It typically does a better Bluetooth connection than whatever is in your PC. Keeping in mind, whatever's in your laptop's crammed in there with your cellular modem, your Wi-Fi modem, everything else. You're probably on Wi-Fi at the same time as you're trying to use Bluetooth. It's probably the mm. same radio. Um, like a mouse you know, the, yeah, yeah, the, the Windows Bluetooth stack has not been great over the years. I mean, there has been a lot of improvement, but there has been a very good reason. For the longest time, um, the product group has said, if you want to use a wireless device, it must use one of these dongles. Mm-hmm. Even now with Bluetooth, um, some PCs are blacklisted. So if you call up with a support case and you've got a particular model, that'll say, yeah, those headphones and that, that PC are not going to work together. You need to use huh. the dongle. Um, Where is you know, and including some Surface devices. Yeah, just the huh. way that the surface is built. So if you look at, you know, look at the surface, it's basically a steel box. It's not ideal mm. for for microwave energy, right? And Bluetooth is two point four gigahertz. It's basically microwaves. Um, it's not not great for efficiency. So that's True. where your dongles come in. They're designed specifically to keep that connection. Um, you, you, Anyone who was in the internet in the 90s will remember that when USB modems came out, dial-up modems, we always used to say a real modem worked better because yes. if your PC was busy for just a second while the USB modem was doing stuff, that was it. Your internet connection dropped. And it's the same with your, head bu- your earbuds. Use your dongle. If you've given one, use it. Make sure it's plugged directly into your PC or your, or your uh, laptop, um, not through 20 hubs or in a monitor or mm-hmm. buried behind something. Straight into your laptop you'll find the experience a million times better. And that is the that is the the, the title of the show, guys. Use your dongle. <laughs> With right. four kids, I did. Trust me, I did. <laughs> I, that, I was just about to say, we talk about internet connections, and I was going to say, so since since moving back to Australia, I have a new gripe, a new thing that I just, that gets me, right? And, and it's the state of internet in this country. 
like I I was away for eight years and and I feel like we've gone backwards in eight years that I that I was away because the the no broadband network doesn't really give us much broadband at all. Um, I've got a gigabit horrible. where I am. Yeah, you see, you're, you're lucky because I I I I I'm lucky to get 54 megs on mine. Um, wow. And so it's horrible. So I have behind me there. Yeah. Uh, I have a Starlink. Switch? Yeah, I have a Starlink um, uh, connection as well that is a little bit. It's actually really good in that I get I can get about 200 220 out of it down, um, but it's not that's consistent. Awesome. It's not consistent, and that's the problem. Like, if you run a speed test, like you know, five minutes in five minute increments, you're going to get like 200 280 maybe mm. 60. Because obviously, it's the things moving across, moving all the time. But it's still, if you lived in a really dodgy area, I think it would be it would be a, a godsend. But um oh and the other problem is you can't do because of the way they do carrier net you can't do publishing of any sort right so you can't yeah. try and that's that's also i guess somewhat limiting uh as well so i have the, the two connections but man my nbn connection is really horrible um hopefully we won't does depend this. on your provider as well make sure you're with a decent provider yeah. that buys enough bandwidth um I, the provider i'm with i'm an investor in so i don't want to i don't want to uh mention them because <laughs> I, I feel it's a conflict of interest um but uh yeah your provider is a very big difference if you go buy from you know some of the big brands um they're just going to give you a contended connection because you know hey we met our speed test at two o'clock in the morning Mm. it's fine Mm. yeah Um, yeah. it does make a difference yes there's one what's interesting about one of them is uh we my when my wife set this up when she when carmen got back i wasn't here yet so she just bought a modem from the you know from the isp so the isp shipped us a modem it worked We've changed ISPs, but we can't update the firmware on the modem because they have their own version of the firmware and they lock you out. So you can't. Uh, <laughs> it just drives it's me like nuts. The funniest thing, because now I, I literally have to go throw that thing in the bin at some point. Because anyway, it's uh, it's it's funny. We're, I'm going way off topic here now, but uh, you just kind of <laughs> reminded me of my my reason to complain. I have to complain on here, but uh, uh, you know, Warren cracks codes <laughs> on episodes, <laughs> and I complain. <laughs> So, yeah. oh, I, I mean, I can complain if you want to complain. I'm, I'm great at complaining. <laughs> Actually, I have a question for James, if, if I may, and it's about James. And uh, there may be some complaining in that one as, as you answer the question, James. <laughs> and it's how does James Arbor become the UC Mad scientist? And how did you get your, your style and setting phones on fire and installing <laughs> DOSBox on SPCs? Where's the style component from your publishing come from? Um, I suppose it's mostly about the fact that I, I've never ever taken, I've always, I've always pulled things apart. I've always tinkered. Um, when I was a three-year-old, I remember getting told off, I, I pulled apart my father's amplifier on the, uh, on the bedroom floor. And I got a lot of trouble for that. Um, so I've always, but I've always been around technology and I've always gone, how can I make technology do what I want it to do? Um, not being told what I can do. If you know, if I hold my tongue at the right angle, and if I do this, and if I do that, it'll work. And it might be a bit janky, but it'll do what I want it to do. Yeah. Um, and it might not be what it says on the sticker that it can do, but if it solves my problem, that that's how it does it. And these solutions sort of just kept getting weirder and weirder. And it was sort of like, well, you know, you're kind of a mad scientist in this regard, making things do what it shouldn't do. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, from, from Skype for Business days, uh, we would make, uh, um, I had a, a rote nap that would 
automatically sign people in and out of um, uh, response groups based on their location and stuff. And it's not officially supported, but we could make it work. And uh, that's that's sort of where it came with. Um, and also because I needed to change my name because it was I had Skype for B admin, and so it would come. It, it, everybody would read it as Skype for bad min. <laughs> so, so uh, I needed to change my name, and and that made sense. I was sort of a bit crazy, sort of a bit. Um, I've always been a bit nuts, um, and bending technology to do what I want it to do, not the other way around. And, and that's 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 something I, I ask everybody who's listening to this. If you're working in IT, if you're there helping a business, you're not the department of no. You are there to make the business succeed. If someone comes to you and says, "Can we do this?" It is your job to make it work. It is not your job to go, no, it doesn't do that. Find a way to make it work. That's why you're in that job. Definitely. I, I agree. agree. I think that's a very good, that's a very good Department point. Department of but... no. <laughs> Department of no, yeah. Otherwise, so my, my old man was a sysadmin and, and he was always called the Department of no. Can I have a mouse pad? No. <laughs> um, or the networking team, right? Yep, yep. So, yep. Um, so you... Tell us about your blog though, because I, I love your blog. Whenever I yeah, find stuff on there, I go into the down the rabbit hole so quickly on your blog. Oh, I, no. was, I spent like an hour yesterday reading about your uh, exploits with, uh, uh, with with your Synology over like New Year's or whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh, it, it, it crashed. Yeah. So, so Synology I you know, do not like that article. But um, yeah, I, I bet. But you you do <laughs> unboxing type review type content as well, right? So if someone's really really interested in like a particular brand or type of of uh headset or whatnot you probably have done a, a review or something on those as well yeah I, I try and throw those on youtube now um i find that you get a bit more engagement um mm. like i did a i did a review of a logitech a high-end logitech camera the their um uh i forgot what it's called um it was like a 10 times zoom panther super zoom memorable clearly <laughs> yeah <laughs> made a great and impression. um uh, uh, and well, no, it's it's one of my highest rated videos. It gets right. I get questions on it all the time. I haven't I haven't seen that camera in three years because um, it was a loaner unit. But I, heaps of engagement. That's really good because people are really active, engaging on YouTube. I find the blog is very stale, sterile. Um, mm. Also, the blog gets hit by spam bots a lot. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the blog actually started as a um, I was a sysadmin um, at the time and. I really just wanted to get a rant out. So I originally started out as jarofrant.com. Um, and it was a fact of, you know, a business that I was working for at the time, they were carrying on about their business continuity process and how everything needed to be tested. And they, you know, did everything to the nine yards and tested everything. And one night their UPS blew up. Um, so literally smoke coming out of batteries, UPS goes, no, nope, that's it, off. Tire server room shuts down. Okay, cool. And, um, of course, I've got the phone call. I'm on call and I've belted into to Collingwood as fast as I possibly can, uh, only to find my access card doesn't work because the server room's off. <laughs> so I can't get into the building. And I had to drive from um, from Collingwood to Lilydale, so that's an hour drive, um, to go get someone else who had a key and then drive back, you know, um, to, to try and get this place up and running. And I was just a case of, um, you know... Everybody rants about the fact that we don't, you don't have enough backups, you don't have enough this. Well, do we actually practice and we test these things? And that's that's sort of where the blog started. And then I found my feet from there, started reviewing things, and started putting my own spin on on stuff from there. 
Love it. <laughs> Very cool. So I guess um, as we kind of approach the end of the, the show anyway, um, do you want to, I mean, how do people find you? What's the, what's the, the easiest way? I mean, you know, Twitter, obviously I know you're, you're quite, uh, uh, quite active on Twitter um, and we can kind of put these uh, all in the show notes, but um, the blog, ucmadscientist.com, correct? Yeah, so ucmadscientist.com, um, at ucmadscientist on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. Um, be aware if you follow me, I will occasionally post some My Little Pony stuff. Um, I grew up, you know, I watched can you, kids. Can you talk about that? Because I've noticed that theme and I do not understand it. Um, Are you a brony? Actually, yes, I'm a brony. Well and truly. For the, I'm very proud of it. There you go. For anyone who's uh, that way, for anyone who's just listening, I'm showing off a brony tattoo. Um, and uh yeah no i'm I'm, um i started watching the show with my with my daughters and um that particular generation the last generation was written by um by lauren faust who uh, did powerpuff girls as well um and it was written really as a really decent engaging show not just as a look flashy colors buy our toys um and so it was something that i really enjoyed with the kids and Mm. there's a culture around it and i sort of got sucked in I, I definitely have noticed my, my little pony stuff, but, but I did not. I did not. I couldn't figure out what it was. I just figured it was a uh, you know a weird coincidence. No, that's that's that's, that's my stick. So there's that tattoo, and the other one's Destiny. So I, I play uh, a fair bit of Destiny as well. Um, so yeah, if you're trying to find me, if, if I'm if, either I'm on Twitter or I'm I'm probably playing Destiny. <laughs> Warren, I think it's only time that you unveil the sleeve. Oh my! <laughs> no, my sleeve, my sleeve starts at one end and ends at the other. <laughs> Lots to talk about there. However, I do have a Microsoft tattoo that I do have, um, and an Apple tattoo. Yeah. So, I haven't quite gotten that far yet. Is the one over the other one? Like, have you crossed that no, one with like, the other? Oh, they're, like, okay. they're like all placed nicely. There's a Linux penguin. There's the old Think Different logo, the one of the colors for Apple, and then the Microsoft logo from when I became an MVP. I mean, that was an important yeah. thing for me. So, right. um, yeah, so it's all there. Have you got Keep the Cloud next Architects next. one yet? Eh? Have you got a Cloud Architects one yet? Maybe. <laughs> uh, and Kubernetes tattoo. Where's the Kubernetes tattoo? Eh? Is no, Kubernetes. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I think Kubernetes may be a fad. Um, I think I think eventually Kubernetes is going to uh, change. Um, I don't know how long. I don't know. We'll see. But like that's another thing that's that's also pretty cool is the fact that Teams runs on Kubernetes, right? So if we have to think about how quickly we were able to scale during COVID, that three hundred million. I mean. AKS works, pal. <laughs> it just does. So, you know, you got to think about, I mean, you don't need like a big fat scarf for business server anymore. I mean, it's all sort of starting to containerize and you can create these big pockets of things and stuff. And, you know, something that also tweaked my interest recently I mean, is sort of you've got Power Platform now as well, right? So Power Platform then plugs into Teams. And then you can do Power Platform administration of Azure, right, mm. using Teams. So you're enabling the user to deploy resources inside of Azure through Teams as well, right? So th- that whole UC side of things is really, really being taken to the next level here. 
um, you know, if you look at some of the build demos where the guys like do demos of, you know, some dude calling a hospital and that gets rigged up to there and that gets rigged up to there. I mean, it's like you said, it's no longer just a phone call, man. It's all just all the Although time. there is a parallel universe that still exists around Skype for business on premises. And well, I'm wondering if, actually, if, if we should a, do a show on that. Yeah, I think so. I think we need to talk about... Actually, I think we've got a couple of episodes like that. So the hmm. future of the exchange server... Yeah, we can do one on that. Actually, the future, Skype of the future of a Skype business server, and if they're ever going to go away. Um, and, yeah. James says like, no. James has some thoughts. I, I don't see it going away anytime soon. There are, there are just environments still to this day that can't... Mine sites, for example, um, are, are typically pretty hard. So I did a mine site deployment last year. Um, you know, Teams just isn't... Until internet connectivity is, is ubiquitous worldwide yeah. and security is um, less of a concern, I, it, it just, there will still be a place for on-prem products. Yep. Um, same as with Exchange. Like if you've got information that's outside the yeah. business's borders, that could be a concern. Um, you know, you just got to look at what happened to Egypt a couple of years ago where someone makes a decision, bang, they disable routing for, for Egypt and suddenly Egypt's off the internet. Yep. Um, you know, I, I said recently, maybe the same will happen in Russia. Um, your business couldn't rely on that. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Um, if If some order came into Australia to say you're not allowed to fed, you know stop broadcasting all routes for some reason you you know your business then stops um, it's extremely unlikely mm. um, you know and you would have more things to worry about than your phone's not working but um, you know some businesses can't accept that risk and they still want on-premise infrastructure well that's assuming that Australia has enough power to run their own data centers that's uh, only a problem if you're uh, up uh, north. So, uh, Chris, um, I'm pretty sure yeah. I have a spare bedroom if you get stuck. <laughs> I also you know have better internet. You know so. what's so funny is that last last winter when I was living in Texas, we, we had all sorts of issues with power. Oh, no. I mean, and, and, <laughs> and so I'm, it's kind of like this weird deja vu moment because now I'm, I'm here and I'm like, really? I just moved away from that. And now I'm back in this like, where you know the only thing that is on the news at the moment is is Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, and then power crisis. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's uh, well, so Warren and I would would like to suggest bad, right? we could probably lend you some news topics of our own because you know we've been seeing this this lack of power thing for a few years for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Um, James, yeah. awesome having you on the show. Hey, feel feel free to come back anytime you want. Uh, if you, I'll you definitely know. come back for that Skype one. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. we'll, we'll do it. And uh, obviously, just uh, you know, if uh, if anything. Um, if you're doing anything awesome, we'll just amplify it for you, man, because I absolutely love what you do. So it's uh, great having you on the show. Yeah, thank oh, you. No, thank you. And um, I suppose if, if you want something awesome, something I'm doing at the moment is uh, I'm reverse engineering uh, the Teams SIP gateway. So uh, the idea is that Teams will let you use a, a traditional SIP phone um, that you might have in a deployment directly with Teams instead of having to buy a specific Teams phone. Uh, at the moment, it's only a few certified devices, but uh, I have been successful in tricking 
the gateway so far um, to work with other devices. So wow. um, we may have a proper solution for paging at some point in the future. That's so cool. do you have that? Are you is that um, are you sort of releasing that through GitHub or something, or how are you? Uh, at the moment, it's just research phase. Okay. Uh, so okay. I did write the first part of that article is over on ucmadscientist.com. Okay. Um, and I explain how the phone goes through its process of, of validating itself with O three six five and O three six five checking it's actually a phone. Um, they do a fair bit of checking there actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, part two of that will be how we trick it. Uh, a bit further and get sick credentials and go from there. Very cool. Sounds like an, a meet um, love fest when it comes to tricking things, right? <laughs> and it's clear, and it's clearly not supported. Very much not supported. <laughs> so if it, if it doesn't work, it's on you. Um, <laughs> you know. Come on, when is a good supportability statement stopped us from doing anything? <laughs> What's the reason it says mad scientist down there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome, guys. Great, uh, great chatting to you, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. For sure. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc. <laughs> <laughs>